podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system, DLS. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most, brighten their their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIC preparation and testing, along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH backtrainingsc.com to register. Massive thank you to Quadlock who are sponsoring this episode of Lakeside Drive. Tommy T, it's the last time, unfortunately, this year that we've got Quadlock sponsoring us, but we're very, very thankful to them for their brilliant cases and brilliant accessories, aren't we? Yes, yes. I love my Quadlock and I will continue to use it even after this. Yeah, I think we'll still be promoting it to people. Even. Yeah. <laughs> I don't shut up about sponsoring. it. Everyone's sick of me sticking my the, phone to stuff. Oh, it sticks to the <laughs> coffee machine right in front. That is actually fantastic. So handy. Uh, that's staying there. If you want to protect your phone uh, and support the show for the last time head to the quad lock link in the description in the show notes and as always a massive thank you to quad lock for sponsoring this episode and the last couple since the australian grand prix it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on board Mercedes are back and that is a bloody shame. G'day, my name is James. Welcome to the Australian Opinion on Formula One here at the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast in this episode. We review the Yawn Grand I mean Spanish Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my friend and yours, Tommy T. G'day, mate. Oh, g'day, mate. <laughs> Don't even need like to put that, that on, to be honest. Nah, genuinely. What an absolute snooze fest that was. Uh, I am disappointed that Mercedes have figured it out. <laughs> God, I wish they hadn't because it was great to not have them anywhere near the front for such a long time, which is probably contrary to what we were saying about five weeks ago. Yeah. I think if the title fight becomes, it's not going to be interesting, is it? But at least if there's competitive cars giving Max a run, maybe that becomes interesting because right now he is just running away. He is running away. He is Joey Dosic. Uh, that's a very niche Reference to you if you've watched 
Wolf Pack Live at Madison Square Garden anyway. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Literally maybe half a listener half might a, get that. Which is campy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, it is a shame. Let's, let's talk more broadly, though, about the weekend. The broadness, though, I want to talk about is the removal of the chicane, the very last corner. Tommy T, good, bad, indifferent? Don't care. Don't care? <laughs> Don't care. I think, yeah, I think passing we saw was a bit more achievable. Mm. Maybe that's a result of that. I think that was the plan was that you could actually build up enough momentum and speed, follow closely through that last complex, whereas before you would just lose all of that momentum and have to then get back on the power. So, yeah, I think we saw that that meant that you could make a pass on the the pit straight a bit easier. So mm. is that better for racing? It was still under DRS, so it's kind of on the edge. I don't know if DRS was turned off, if you would still be able to make those passes as easily. But what we want we want to see overtaking because traditionally this has been a tough kind of there's like two locations where you can make passes because it is a test track really mm, yes <laughs> yeah good point uh look we did say yawn grand prix it is worth saying that there were a hell of a lot of overtakes um and specifically the battles i think that were most interesting were that hulkenberg sonoda mm. joe battle which just went on yeah, forever. for laps yeah um interesting though tt that this was probably the only time this year that we're going to see this two or three stop strategy, yeah. um, which is really interesting because, of course, we, you know, it's Monaco one stop or um, unless it's raining, in which case it did, and then you had to put a couple in. But yeah. the reality is being able to throw different tyres into the mix and use different compounds and going soft, soft, like a couple of people did, yep. Lance Stroll being one of them, um, before then putting on a different compound tyre, I think is an interesting way of doing yeah. the Grand Prix. Which is why we've always said we'd like to see two stops because the one is like, how long can I last before making my stop? Regardless of compound, no one really cares. You could go from medium to soft. Sometimes you can go from hard to soft, hard to medium. Like it doesn't matter. It's just when do I do the stop? Whereas as soon as you put two in, there mm. becomes an element of which compound do I want for which segment of the race? Whereas like it really doesn't matter otherwise in one stops. Like we're seeing now that the tire compounds and the cars are able to deal with the degradation quite well. Mm -hmm. Like either we need to assign a riskier set of compounds for weekends to throw some kind of like spanners in that or we need to go to mandatory two stops to kind of cause some strategic like battles and play. I think that's... We saw that that was more interesting. That was the only interesting thing about this Grand Prix, to be honest. Yeah. Well, it throws in jeopardy to use jeopardy. your I know. Word. I was trying to avoid it. <laughs> How dare you? People playing the bingo card at the Lakeside Drive bingo card at home need you to say it. Say it. Uh, no, I think you're absolutely right. And you're right. We have been speaking about this for years in terms of mandatory two-stop. We're also not the only people, I, you know, people inside the paddock yeah. sort of talking for it too. I mean, if we're doing sprint races yeah and we're doing five thousand races in the united states i feel like it's worth at least having one race or yep. a couple of races maybe through the year where that is a mandatory thing um can obviously not here but let's uh on his behalf the fia breaking at ghosts with red flags coming out through qualifying very quick wasn't it unbelievable it was gravel they decided that it was gravel on the track right mm. that was the call allegedly Man, it was a quick red flag, wasn't it? Jeez, especially because I think what was it? Valtteri got himself slightly beached. It was about three different incidents all at the same time. So, in their defense, <laughs> like, let's just red that. Throw the flag. Yeah. 
Um, I wrote uh, ridiculous, uh, bloody stewards. Um, what I think is really interesting. <laughs> I, you, careful, you'll be called into the FIA. What I think is really interesting is that <laughs> one of the storylines of the weekend was that uh, Gunther Steiner was called into the stewards' office um, for having a crack at the stewards. Uh, Who would have thought that having an opinion about anyone uh, and being able to say it on a platform could be a bad thing? Uh, mm. I think the stewards just need to focus on doing a bloody job properly. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, and what I think is also interesting is I think Martin said this as well that, you know, maybe it's not the decision that's made here, it's a decision that's made at Geneva. And I thought, oh, I'd actually forgotten about the FIA support centre or whatever Geneva it is. Convention? The Geneva Convention of how to fire Michael Massey, a <laughs> many, many page uh, document. Anyway, it just, <clears throat> pardon me, it feels ridiculous to me that it, yeah. was, it was read so early. Uh, gravel on track. Again, this is this will be Campy's point of view if he was sitting here. Breaking at ghosts. Ridiculous. Yes. Um, all right. Let's go through a team-by-team analysis, TT, mm-hmm. because there is a lot and then nothing to talk about simultaneously. Yes, I know. So we'll start at the very back of the pack. It, it's unfortunate. We can maybe talk more broadly about these teams as well as we go through because we are getting towards the midpoint mm. of the season, although it feels so disjointed to date that it, it yeah. still doesn't feel like it's got started yet, which is a very interesting. Um, but Haas, Nico Hulkenberg in 15th, Kevin Magnussen in 18th. Yep. Hulk was on it. Yeah. On it, on it, on it. But then he wasn't on it. And I just feel this year, Hulkenberg has the better of K-Mag. For sure. I think he's he's That's, the fastest driver yeah. in his car, right? But whatever happens during the latter part of the race, he can never quite maintain the pace or get it together like he should be able to do. Yeah. So is it, it a car thing or a strategy thing, do you think? Or both, maybe? Maybe both. I think that car is better than it has been in past years, but it's still not where it needs to be or where they want it to be. I wonder if you're right. I wonder if he's spending all of his uh, his energy and stuff too early and he's kind of maybe using all of the tyres life and then he's suffering later in the race. Yeah. But again, in that car, is that the best strategy to do that? Because if something does happen like a, a yellow flag – you can be opportunistic and if you've already been having this aggressive strategy and you get a fortuitous yellow safety car, you can jump in and make that change. So I think it's the strategy that you should take with that car. Like that's, and that team where they're positioned kind of like we used to talk about Williams years past, take the risk. What's the worst you're going to do? Not score a point again. Like you're already not scoring <laughs> points. You might as well risk it and come 18th instead yeah. of 11th. No, I think you're absolutely like right. Risk it for those points. Interestingly now, um, because well, we'll talk about Alfa Romeo in a bit, but uh, Joe got two points this weekend. Haas and Alfa Romeo now on eight championship mm. points apiece, but Haas is on still seventh in the championship. McLaren in sixth on 17 That's points. disgusting, isn't so it? So there is a significant gap. What's interesting though is, I mean, at the moment, this is a this is a win for them. Yeah. Right? They're, they're getting back towards the mid mid part of the pack, so to yeah. speak. And obviously Gunther will be want and Jean will be wanting to ensure that they are sort of around that fifth to seventh mark because of course more yeah. points means more money, more prizes and uh, I mean less time in aero development. But um, it'd be interesting to see what happens because I think the team is interestingly in a transitional point between we're just going to do the opposite to everyone else, which is yep. what they did, as you say, for that Williams tactic, especially yeah. when they had the rookie drivers just in. risk it all. Versus, okay, well, how can we actually play the longer game now? Mm. Um, and even Martin said it on, on the broadcast, you know, a lot of these teams towards this end of the grid are reacting to each other. So yep. if someone pits, they pit. It, it, do, it doesn't feel like they've yeah. got 
the ability to make an interesting strategy call that's going to pay off because they're probably covering off each other, which, yep. which is interesting. But it's a shame for me to be talking about them so far down the back of the pack, although they're not quite last though because Williams in Logan Sargent was in 20th and Alex Albon in 16th. TT, I'm not sure if you, you've seen the photos out of Monaco of the underside of uh, no. the car. Let's do. Oh, let me do that. This is a great audio content. That's the underside of a Red Bull, right? Yeah, it's very interesting. Plank, many yep. tunnels. Yeah, everything else. This is the underside of a Williams. Yeah, that <laughs> looks like someone three D printed something and hasn't removed all the bits yet. It's full. <laughs> There's so much there's stuff just, there. There's literally. It looks like the underside on. of a jet ski. There's no holes yeah. in it. It's that looks like it could retain water and be buoyant. James Vowles saw the de- the jets uh, the Daniel Ricciardo jet ski ad in Miami. Went yeah, yeah that'll do. Um, there's li- there there's is literally, literally nothing. It looks like it would hold water. It, you could. Yeah. It would float. Yeah. Um, 100%. There's a little bit of work towards the front of the car. But listener, I mean, I posted this in the Discord if you want to go and check it out. Um, but Engine Mode 11 on Twitter also posted it. This is where I saw it. So go have a look. The the difference between mm. the other side of the floor on what's going on on a Mercedes and a Red Bull Very versus different. Watson Williams. It's like they haven't even turned up for work. Yeah. The aerodynamicists for the underfloor part of the car, which I think then probably for Alex Albon – highlights even more about his ability, does what, it not? And why the hell is he getting blamed when that – how can that car have any grip? Because we know that you're not allowed to have as much uh, downforce through the top kind of end of aero. It's all ground effect. That's not dragging. That's not vacuuming to the ground. No. That is just slipping around yeah. like the old cars that we've had. We, and now you're not allowed to use wings and, and front end kind of downforce. That's – very impressive to see him doing as well as he is. I think this track is also not a great track for that Williams. This is not going to net good results, which is what we saw. Mm. But then I suppose if we look at a team point of view, I think Albon's doing excellent. Sargent is dragging the team down. He's doing what we would assume a rookie would do yeah. this year. But in terms of rookies, I think it's very hard to ignore just how good Oscar Piastri is. Oh. Look, Williams, again, we talk about this very often. We want them to be better. James Vowles yeah. is one is the right person, in my opinion, to help them to get to that point. But it is a long-term game. Um, it will be interesting to see next year the driver lineup. Uh, I, I doubt Sargent will find himself in. Maybe he will. I mean, it, it's probably too early to, ta- to say. I mean, not for Campy. Campy already wants him in the bin, which is yeah. not surprising whatsoever. But... We do like to see it. But again, those photos, I think, just goodness me, surely the aerodynamicists in Williams will probably take a look at those photos very closely of the Mercedes and the Red Bull from Monaco and go, maybe we should just do something just to see what happens. Yeah, They get most wind tunnel time because they were so far down the grid last do year something and they've literally it. done nothing with it. They've just gone, that'll do. I think they've just jet been, ski. Yeah, let's make a jet ski. That's not wind tunnel. That's water. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a fluid dynamicist. Yeah. You've forgotten that it. it's aero. Uh, yes, very, very interesting. All right, let's talk about McLaren. Oscar Piastri, Lando Norris. Uh, brilliant qualifying by Lando Norris. Yes, really, outstanding. Really good. Yep. To put the track to where he did, phenomenal. Yep. Oscar... Equally, so fan- close. Fantastic oh. drive. Yeah, it's a shame he wasn't in the points this weekend. He finished in thirteenth. Yep. Lando Norris finished in seventeenth, but I don't think that was indicative of Lando's pace. Or well, maybe it was indicative of his long-term pace because of what sort of happened yeah. with the rest yep. of the grid. But certainly for the start, it's like he's forgotten how to start up the front. Yeah, because it 
I mean, it was a bit of a turn, you know, lap one incident, racing incident, kind of got squeezed. And but Lewis he kind of backed out. out. Well, he, well, Lewis backed out because of a Ferrari of Carlos yeah, signs buggering but, around with Max. But I, I agree with the commentators. I don't think Lando should have yielded that position. He had inside and could have shut Hamilton out. And mm. he kind of, he played nice and let him in. Yeah. He really could have been more aggressive off I that start. I wonder if he just was like, you know what? I'm going to protect my tyres. I actually, I'm not yeah. racing this dude. But then he ended up. In a worse position. Uh, that's right. Ugh. Yeah. We, and it's a shame. Look, yeah. curious on your thoughts on this because it was really hard to like Lando while DR was there. Really, really hard. Yep. But before the car Lando, uh, color signs, Lando yeah. Norris in that sort of 18, 19 period um, was easier. You bought merch. I still got merch. Mm. A Lando hat, McLaren Lando hat mm-hmm. and T-shirt. So he must have been likable. He must have been likable. Yeah. He's from an Australian point of view, obviously a teammate again, but the teammate is doing much better than Daniel did last year yeah. in, in Oscar Piastri. Not to say that they're, you know, well, we love Daniel, so it's very hard for me to say that he wasn't having a good time, but he wasn't having a good time. Do we, are we able, I suppose, to try and get back in more on a positive bandwagon with Lando? Do I you think, think so. I, I think we have also seen some uglier sides of his personality through the Netflix documentary and behind mm. the scenes stuff where it's just like, oh, you present something very different when the cameras are on and you know they're on as opposed mm. to kind of just some kind of bratty behavior that we kind of assumed and felt like was coming through is actually kind of maybe how you are uh, more often than not, which which sucks because he is interesting. He can be a fun personality to camera and you'd like to see that that happens, whereas we look at Daniel and that is Daniel. He doesn't put it on for the camera really like he might turn it up but that's him he's a bit of an idiot and always like wants to have a joke australians turning it up when the camera's on <laughs> um, Surely not. but no i think maybe there is some redemption for lando and i think maybe we look at the redemption of max maybe from mm. the australian point of view and mm. seb mm. those kind of things so in the heat of the moment we can definitely i don't know direct that eye towards those like opposite those other teammates but we changed our tune on seb after that incident, we changed our tune on Max and we actually are excited for Max and Daniel to be back together because as soon as they were apart, we missed the content and we missed like that Very friendship true. they had. But at the time we were like, no, Max is the worst. Like yeah. he's detrimental to that team. He's he's not as good as Daniel. And I think, yeah, we can get very caught up and maybe that's what's happened here with the Lando Daniel kind of over the last like two years. Yeah, I like it. I think you're right. Uh, certainly from the people who I have spoken to who work at McLaren, they think Lando's great. So, I mean, when you spend time with a guy, you can have a much better opinion of him than yeah. if you have a armchair podcast from <laughs> the Mornington Peninsula. Um, Oscar Piastri, though, TT. I mean, this is, out of all the three of the rookies, absolutely he's oh, here to stay. Star. Absolutely here to stay. Um, interestingly, out of Monaco, he put a brilliant pass around the outside just going to Casino Square um, that F1 didn't show. And then he posted it on his social media Amazing. and he had to delete it because F1 were like, no, we want to post it and then do a repost. Um, <laughs> but here is a guy who is driving a JCB tractor Yep. Uh, and for his first season in Formula 1 has a lot more confidence in the car than probably he should, Yeah. which means one of two things. A, he's just naturally gifted or B, and it's probably both these things to be fair, he's working really hard at back of the simulator and working, yep. trying to understand the car as best as he can, doing lots of homework, you know, keeping his head down, bum up, so to speak, because we don't see a lot of Oscar Piastri external yep. to to a race weekend. Yeah, no, he's he's quite 
uh, out of the limelight, isn't he? He's very just kind of in the shadows, working hard, just putting in good performances. But it's been a while since you've seen a rookie have this kind of impact and be as close to their teammate who we think is quite brilliant. Mm. Uh, Like the comparison is it's pretty much like the best rookie we've seen since – Maybe Leclerc. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. that's where my head went. Like oh, same page. <laughs> but like we haven't really seen all of the rookies we've had since then have kind of been like we're we're trying for them to be good. We're wanting yeah. them to be better than they are, and it just hasn't been. Whereas I think it's very clear that Oscar is supposed to be in Formula One and has a bright future. And especially considering he spent a year out. Yeah, I know. A year on the bench to jump in and do as well as he's doing. Uh yeah. It's great. We're uh, it's exciting. But I don't think we get behind him enough. Yeah, from, a, from our point of view, but also just more generally, probably because he's not the McLaren character as well. <laughs> McLaren and a whole range of things. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Alpha Tauri because Yuki Tsunoda ended up with a five-place oh. grid penalty, which punted him out of the points down oh. into twelfth. But he had a very apart from squeezing Joe and well, uh, anyway, well, a I mean, tough day. The stewards have decided, so there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. But. Yuki Tsunoda is absolutely driving the wheels off this car yep. and extracting every single ounce of pace yep. possible from that Alpha Tauri. Um, his teammate, Nick DeVries, had a couple of spins in qualifying, um, finished in 14th. Now, let, let's talk about Nick, actually, before we talk more about Yuki, because yep. we know that he was given a three race stay of execution by Helmut Marco. Yeah, One of those so races helmet. didn't happen. Yeah. So now that it was a two race, probably does Canada count now as the third? I imagine yeah. maybe it would. Yeah. So is this performance, was Monaco's performance enough, do you think, for him to have a reasonable conversation with the Red Bull wider family to say, at least give me to the end of the year to show me my, my skills shine through, or do we actually think that there will be a mid-season replacement in the likes of a Red Bull junior like Liam Lawson? Mm. I don't think Daniel Ricciardo will go. So probably Liam Lawson, if anyone. Yep. Or do we just keep it there? Because we know what Red Bull has been like historically. Yeah. With Willing to drivers. make changes. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he's shown enough, honestly. But then is is the driver coming in good enough to warrant an opportunity? I think in the past you could say yes. Mm. Like the mid-season changes have made sense because the driver is actually that talented and yeah. been someone who should be on the grid or was formerly on the grid. So I think if the if the swap was to Daniel, yes, but I don't think it should be Daniel. Like I think we both agree there that yes. that's not the right decision for either party mm. to do that. Um, but I, I don't know. Is Lawson good enough for that seat like we've seen in the past when we've made those mid-season Red Bull changes? And that mm. was to the Red Bull team from – an existing from, from a yeah from another team, not like a fresh True. rookie driver. Mm. So maybe that's something to consider as well. But I don't think DeVries has shown enough. Regardless, I think this will be his final season. Unfortunately, I don't see anyone else taking a, a punt when there's so many other drivers out there that are veterans, let alone like the young crop, which is like limited. Yes, but why would you take someone who's as old as DeVries? Unfortunately, like he's not young for a rookie. Yeah. He's quite old no, and doesn't have a lot left. You would think the upside's just lower for someone of his like limited skill set and experience. And it's so hard, isn't it? Because his debut in Formula One, Williams points, Monza. Yeah. I mean, the stars really aligned for that. That car, was incredible. That track, yeah. 
him behind the wheel and just having the confidence. Yep. So there is something to be said, I think, although the regulations have changed slightly for this year, there is something to be said for maybe just how complicated this Alpha Tower yeah. is to drive for him yep. versus someone like Yuki. I mean, they have been pretty much the worst car on the grid all year. Uh, they're only ninth. They're only, they've got two points uh, ahead of Williams who've got one championship point. Yeah. So... And that's with Yuki having bad luck and like driving right. really well. And those two points again are Yuki Sonoda's points. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Nick hasn't got points yet. Same with <laughs> reality. The that Logan Sargent did did show some early promise in that Williams wasn't able to to convert. Now I'm interested though, Yuki Sonoda. We we sort of interesting with Franz Tost, who's leaving at the end of this year. Yeah. He said a couple of weeks ago that he thinks Yuki's ready for the big team. Mm. So. Do we think to wargame this out if because of Sergio Perez's now form of not performing, that's a couple of qualifiers now he's stuffed um, and the pressure is only going to get bigger and bigger and there is absolutely zero chance that he's winning this world championship, which means it's when Max wins, not if Max wins. Totally, yeah. Um, It would be a very interesting conversation, I think, to say, well, Yuki Tsunoda, working exceptionally hard, driving exceptionally well, at the best of his career, according to everyone who's working with him, yep. do you give him a shot there? Mm. Or, we didn't speak about this last time. In fact, I don't think we, uh, you know, you weren't even on the podcast, but Honda announcing Alpha, uh, yep. Aston Martin. Yep. Do we see him Yeah, go over to take? Become the star Alonso's of that team. Seat? Yeah, eventually. I don't think Lance is yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. That Honda deal, I mean, he is a mm. Honda driver. The only reason why he's there yeah. because his F2 career was good but not great. Mm-hmm. Not, in the, not in the same way that Oscar Piastri's was. So Yeah, definitely. Interesting, isn't it? Where do you think, though, he's at as a driver? Do you think he would be someone that other teams would be interested in putting on the grid if he lost his seat, for example, at AlphaTauri? Mm, I think so. Mm. I think he's shown enough. I think he's matured. To the point, I think his consistency is much better as well. His his lows are much less low. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed with how he's handling the season and it's almost like he needed that motivation of, all right, you're not the baby driver anymore. Like, yes, he's younger, but he's way more experienced than DeVries. Uh, you're now in charge of this team and he's taken that in his stride and done really well. He has performed. He's done the best he can with that car, which has plummeted from its mm. its uh its last year kind of position within the grid. It's it's easily the worst car I think at the moment. It's terrible, um, which is odd because when the top team is so good, it's clear that they're not really passing that down no. like they have in the past. That is no. a massive disconnect. Um, yeah, I'm very impressed. I I think you make a good point about Honda. I don't know. Who else or where he would fit stylistically? Like who who kind of is looking for that kind of driver? I don't think it's going to be an Alpine, for instance. I don't think mm. that personality matches with the audience that they're going for. So that's probably not a decision they're going to make. Maybe it's maybe it is America. Maybe it is like the the Haas team if they're looking and they kind of put put some stuff together. I don't know. I think he's his personality everyone loves. Everyone loves Yuki. Uh, and he's going to have global appeal, kind of like we've seen with Albon as well. People, yeah. people underestimate like how much um, those communities really appreciate being represented. So I think, yeah, he's he's got a future in Formula One. I think for at least like another half decade, I can see him around. 
Um, where that is, I'm unsure. Let's keep going. We'll talk about Alfa Romeo now. This was a, a, a tale of two completely different fortunes. Uh, Joe getting points, two points in, in ninth, mm. which was great for him. Valtteri in 19th. Now, it is he pitted very, in like lap two or something, though, right? Like it was close to a five-stop race. It yeah. was. It is becoming harder and harder to watch. Yep, and it's it's not through a lack of skill. No, right? It is a series of bad luck. Yep, of missed strategy calls, of incidents around or whatever else. Yeah. However, I don't like doing what I did last year, which was defending Daniel all the time. I, I don't want to start defending Valtteri again. Yep. Do you think this this isn't really doing much of his stocks? Is Not it? nothing at all. He came out of Mercedes and obviously could command he, kind of a decent seat. And we knew yeah. that he had to move for George, not because of a lack of pace for him, but because if Mercedes didn't do it, someone else would have taken George. Exactly. Russell. It was yeah. a hard yeah. light position to be in. But of all of the seat options that he had, which were two, yeah. <laughs> Afro Mayo Williams. Afromo Sauber effectively, and the the what the future is of Sauber is probably a lot more promising for him. Yeah, but can you is get he there? doing enough for to stay? Because at this point in time, Joe looks to be the one that has consistently yeah. finished higher and performed better. Yep, on paper. Yep. Yeah, it's a really hard thing to it talk is. about, isn't it? And I think it's like worth noting that Joe has been excellent. Like. Definite improvement. Consistency is up, like you said. So I, d- I think it's it's column A, column B. I think Valtteri mm. is getting very unlucky and things are, are not going his way. But then simultaneously, Joe is really stepping up and improving. So I don't know. Valtteri is going to figure out, have to figure out what he wants to do. Does he want to just be in Formula One or does he want to get back to something more competitive and be in a position to win races again? Because... The performance this year, I would say, is he's going to be a seat filler kind of based on this kind of performance and and results as opposed to someone who's commanding points and like challenging for podiums in the future, which sucks to say because we both love Valtteri and know that he's capable of of that. But no one's going to take a chance on someone with this kind of season. It's just not going to happen. It's a a big shame and we want to see this come back, I think. Yeah. Also because Alfa Romeo more generally last year did quite well. Yep. This year, they're just not there. They're just not there. Yeah. And it's frustrating because the reality is, to, to talk about the Daniel Ricciardo thing, the reality is I think DR's best opportunity to get back towards the front of the grid, although Sergio's not necessarily performing in the last two races, it's a very big ask to see what's going to happen in Max's team and maybe Max is already having those kinds of conversations yeah. and maybe Christian Horner is already starting to have those conversations. We know what he's like. Oh, yeah. We know what he's we like. We know he wants, yeah. Sauber seems to be the best because works team, Audi, it's not far away, 2026. Yep. You know, DR will be 35, 30, you know, 35 going into the season, 36 yep. um, mid-year and we look at what Lewis Hamilton's doing, we look at what Fernando Alonso is doing. Yes. There's still there's still yeah. some time there if you're to be able to and willing to put the yeah, work that's in. Right. Yeah. Makes it makes it very difficult. Definitely. All right, we're going to take a break, listener. We'll be back very shortly to continue our team by team analysis. 
Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. And we are back. Thank you for listening to those ads. It makes us, uh, well, it helps us keep the lights on. That's that's for <laughs> sure. Let's keep going, TT. Uh, we're talking about Alpine now. Gasly in 10th, Ocon in 8th. Now, firstly, Laurent Rossi is an absolute, n- not, you know, insert very nasty word here because lunatic after, after <laughs> bloody hanging out Otmar to dry um, a couple of weeks before Monaco, Monaco happens... Espen Ocon gets on um, the podium yeah. and in the celebration photo, he's standing between the two drivers blocking Otmar from the cameras. What an absolute squid yeah. to use a campism. Yeah, it's it just highlights the stuff about F1 I don't like, which yeah. is the front runnery kind of like I want the credit, I want the fame, I want that stuff. Like it's you have quite literally nothing to do with any of the success on track. That is down to so many other people, yet you're the one that needs to be front and center for those. I just, I really don't respond well to those kind of people and that kind of energy. I think it's very bizarre, but that is the sport. That is the sport though, unfortunately. Like it is. And that's something that we're reckoning with all the time, I think, as we (laughs) go to Vegas and Miami and kind of we chase these, I don't know, veneered like fake cities, which just like I – a glitz and glam for the sake of it rather than the actual sport, which we love. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it was very apparent, wasn't it, that that, mm. was, that was his position there is like, I like to own this and run this because it looks good and it's fun and like you're not actually moving the needle or making a difference. Yeah, Matt Walker on the Discord pointed this out uh, and we share the absolute disgust about it because it's just not how you do leadership. No. Not at all. Um, and I think Otmar... <laughs> Left Aston Martin, uh, you know, Racing Point Aston Martin, feeling pretty put out yep. for, for what was going on there. Yeah. I would argue he would be feeling very similar. When you even wonder worse, like because you can give Stroll as much as you want, but like there has to be some leadership, I think, as toxic and whatever his leadership style is, but there's some kind of like at least he's doing things, he's, a, he's around and stuff sounds like Rossi just like floats and just like swans in. It doesn't mm. sound like there's actually any leadership. It's just token kind of like I'm in charge, therefore listen. Yeah, it's no good. I don't like yeah. it at all. Do not like it. Uh, Drivers-wise though, yeah. Gasly and Ocon, they're getting some points back on the table. Yeah. The, the car is coming back a little bit. They're now fifth in the Constructors' Championship on 40 championship points uh, ahead of McLaren who are on 17. That was yep. the closest battle um, that was going on on the grid. Now uh, Alpine are behind Ferrari who are on 100 points. Mm. So we're in fourth. Do you think that 
the car is better or the drivers are dragging that car forward? Do you know what? It's a great question because it, it is not the kind of Alpine that we've seen. And what Rossi said isn't incorrect. Mm. You just don't say that externally. No. You, say, you keep that in-house. Yeah, and to specific people who can use that information. Yeah. They know that they're not doing enough. Right. They really did. <laughs> um, but I, th- I would say that the what's going on is the driver's probably dragging that car forward. Espan Ocon's qualifying lap in Monaco was outstanding, divine, honestly, yeah. to watch. Considering that machinery is not on par with what the Red Bull. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. Or the Aston Martin, for that matter. Heroic lap. It yeah. was great. So I think there are glimpses probably where the car is going well. We don't talk about the upgrades that are brought. In fact, I don't hear anything about the upgrades that are brought for mm. other teams apart from the obvious ones. Mm. Um, and I think for, for Alpine, of course, they'd be working exceptionally hard all the time to try and work it out. Again, they're a manufacturer team. A total package yep. is theirs. There's no other Renault power units on the grid. So they have everything to work with within their own walls and factory. So it should be that they start to take some steps forward. Yeah. Um, it is, I mean, the, the, the lowest when it comes to a works team at the moment, which is not really surprising when you've got Red Bull, Mercedes uh, and Ferrari in the mix. But the Aston Martin, Mercedes part, I think, is is also the interesting one that is third currently on 134 championship points. Yeah. Ocon and Gasly, though, it... <sighs> I think the team more broadly just feels like it hasn't existed for a little bit. I know. And they've been sorting out their stuff internally because Gasly, we don't see like the kind of content. I, and look, Red Bull content pool and, you know, a huge, yeah. huge amount yeah. of stuff. Alpine, not so much. Um, so what do you think the relationship though is is like there? I don't know because I feel like Ocon's an odd unit. <laughs> I think Gasly's kind of sneaky, interesting and cool. I think he's quite... Mm. I don't know, underrated in that, but just likes to keep to himself. Ocon, I think he's just a weirdo. I think he's just an oddball that is just very good at racing and just like is a racing nerd almost. I don't know. It'd be a very interesting dynamic because that team's gone through a few changes. So you kind of go back to like signs to Ricardo, mm. Hulk leaving to uh, Alonso. They're all such different energies. And now you've got this kind of almost, I would say, passive kind of people you don't really have like a boisterous kind of over the top alpha leader type there it's kind of otmar i would say is the alpha out of anyone in those personalities well other than rossi yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is probably the wrong thing yeah that shouldn't be your charismatic leader you want someone yeah i don't know it's it'd be a very interesting place to work when you look back and say the the last five years of what renault alpine was Mm. They're able to get podiums. Yeah. And I think this is something that needs to continue as other teams being able to have a shot. So it'll be interesting to me to see what Gasly can do because now that Ocon's had his podium, yep. Gasly will be very hungry to prove that he's the better driver out of the two of them. Yep. Let's talk about Aston Martin now because uh, this is unfortunately a little bit further down the, the yeah. path than where I was thinking. And unfortunately, um, well, Fernando Alonso could have won in Monaco if they put him onto the Inter straight away because he would have been able to get out in front of Max Verstappen and kept him behind. Mm. Unfortunately, I'm not sure the pace in this car is now as strong as other teams like Mercedes, but let's talk about teammate Fernando Alonso, yes. who at the very end of the race, he came in seventh, Lance Stroll came in sixth, at the very end of the race, he came onto the radio and said, tell Lance not to worry. Tell him not to worry. I will get into his DRS. But that is to keep the cars behind at bay. I will not overtake. Everything is fine. 
Who in the <laughs> hell is this person? <laughs> I don't understand. I can absolutely the daddy stroll effect. Yeah. I get it. But what a thing to say on the radio. He's also just, I think he's got the perspective now and he's zoomed out and gone, what is it, two points extra for that position? I don't even think. Maybe one point at that. Like, really, am I going to do that to cause more chaos and just put the the spotlight on us as a team? All these kind of things. I think he's... We've seen that he's very capable of thinking while driving a car very fast. The fact that he was telling stewards during qualifying, was it for that impeding how many grid place drops that was going to be is just <laughs> peak Alonzo wow. content. Yeah, uh, so, so true. he's zooming out. He's looking at the whole picture and going, it's a point. I'm up on my teammate anyway. Let's just have this win. Let's keep Stroll happy. He kind of can have this as a win. I'll gift it to him. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. I think he's just playing the very, very long game, which is he wants to vie for that championship battle, uh, which obviously he's not going to be able to do to the extent of like beating Max, but mm. he has a great opportunity to becoming like second or third if mm. things go right. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I think you're right. I mean, there's, there's a handful of points between those two positions, but the difference is he's either going to get it or Lance is going to get it. So the reality yeah. is them to work together, as you say. The zooming out is phenomenal for yeah. this bloke. Um, you know, if they were able to secure second or third in the championships, more likely probably going to be third now with Mercedes doing what they've done. Yeah. Uh, more money, more points, more prizes. Yeah. You know, a better car for next year. Exactly. So there is an interest, I think, for him to to keep it going. And there is no turning this guy off. I think nah. Martin was saying that um, the metabolic age, according to his trainer, is like 31, not 41. So 10 Doesn't years. Doesn't surprise younger. me. Yeah. You know, the guy's going to be here for quite some time. He looks in better nick than me, that's for sure. 100% than all of us. Yeah. (laughs) All of us put together, that is absolutely for sure. Um, And Lance Stroll, didn't really see a lot of him, but finished in sixth. Mm, Great start. Had a great start. Yeah. That's one thing he can do occasionally is have a ripping start, be opportunistic. Sometimes it doesn't end well, but he actually has that ability to navigate. And that's what we pinged Lando for this week was being passive and and timid. Lance was not. He got two sprints two into I think the fourth corner he had already taken up two places like that's really aggressive and that's what you love to see yeah no I think you're absolutely right and and especially after last week's yeah poor showing he needed to come back and say uh, no I still think I somewhat deserve a seat yeah on the grid let's talk about Ferrari now TT Carlos signs in fifth Charles Leclerc having the worst time. Uh, he finished in 11th. At this point, not sure what happened with the car. They changed a whole bunch of parts. Whole thing. Meant he yeah. uh, started behind Logan Sargent in the pit lane. Really bizarre. Mm. And he is just not a happy boy. So the question is, when does he leave? Mm. It's a rite of passage, right? To get to Ferrari, be promised the world, and then be <laughs> bitterly disappointed and leave. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so he could be one of the greats. <laughs> He's on trajectory for being one of our greats because that's what happens to all of them. Oh, so good. Uh, I don't know where he goes or when he goes, but mm. I, I can't imagine it going more than like the end of this season or another season maybe because those, like Campy says, those contracts are useless. Like <laughs> we can break them very easily. Uh, but where? Because he has to go somewhere competitive. So right now he's in a top three car. It's going to have to be one of those other two. Yep. Which seat is available? Mm. And which can you imagine him going and being a teammate with Max? I don't know if I can see it. Mm. Like it would be brilliant. I would love to see it, but I can't imagine him taking the hit to be. Or would Max allow it? Well, is that's the other question. part. Does Max have the veto rights there? Because yeah. you'd argue 
going into a a three-time world champion, Max maybe does have the right to go get stuffed. I get to pick my teammate. Like, it's my team. Mm. I built this. We're three-time world champions with me because of me, which is what he's going to say. So it's very interesting. Mm. I I think he probably would be – he'd be eyeing off what Lewis Hamilton's doing right now yeah. because whilst Lando Norris has been spoken about quite a lot, but that's because he's a Brit and the Brits are talking about it. Yep. Uh, the reality is I think if you put the, the two drivers in the same car in terms of Daniel Ricciardo and Charles Leclerc in a Red Bull, I think Daniel's going to drive it better. Yeah. Uh, and that's because he's driven it before and that's obviously a slight bias on my part from there too. But I, w- I have said before that they're both in the top five drivers on the grid. Yep. So do does Max want that epic competition, the Rosberg-Hamilton sort of era Mercedes? I don't think so. I don't so. think he does. Um, he would probably want Daniel to come in. Because Daniel pushes push him, him in the right ways. 100%. Yeah. Whereas I think Charles would – would love to get around a team. Would aggravate and yeah. And I think Toto Wolf would uh would secretly love to have that if exactly. and when Lewis departs. Well if they're stealing points from each other, meanwhile Lewis can go off and just capture all the other points. You know what I mean? If you're having battles and spinning out and doing mm. all these things with your teammate and fighting each other for points all the time. Mm. You can win the constructors, but maybe you don't win the drivers, yeah. which is what Lewis wants. And ultimately what Mercedes wants, I think. They yeah. don't care. Oh, they want Lewis to get his championship. But I think Ferrari, from going back to Ferrari, it's it's an interesting place for both of these drivers to be because, yeah. as you say, it's a top three team. Well, it's not. It's top four team at this point. I know. Uh, and they're 34 points behind Aston Martin. Mm. The reality is the likelihood of a driver championship or a constructors championship is not here. Not anytime soon. Not in this generation. We're getting older. And there's newer, younger drivers. Also, Piastri is a perfect example coming in. They're not the hot, young thing that they used to be. And I think for for them, they're going to really start to question their ability to be able to do anything well. And now money is one thing, but also prestige is another. And being part of Ferrari, I'm sure, is is a very prestigious and it feels really good. But Mm. to me, both of these drivers are getting more and more fed up every race weekend, like you can hear it. Well, signs questioning the the call to come in for tires when it did. He was like, it ended up being the right call to to undercut. I know, (laughs) but you can understand the hesitation in his voice was like, are we sure? Like, why are we doing this? He did it, but they don't have the trust. Whereas like we can hear other people, like Max is told to pit, Max pits because he knows that his team has his best interests and they're always going to do what they can. There's no agendas. There's no layers of bureaucracy and finagling. I don't know. They just don't do that stuff. Whereas it feels like Ferrari, it's always like, is this even for winning races or is it because some political choice? Who's making the decision and why? It's very bizarre. We want to see Ferrari back towards the front, but they're making decisions that just confuse us. Can we just acknowledge how long it's been since Ferrari has been competitive and actually won anything? Yeah, well, it's a long time. And even when they were on track to win something, which was brand new era of Formula One, yeah. Charles had a great couple of first races. Then, boom. Was nothing. it Kimi was the last? Kimi was the last world champion, yeah. They How long ago was that? Championship since, I think. Yeah. Oh, 2007. It's a long time ago. Yeah. It's, For uh, us to keep talking about them the way we do. I was in year 12. Yeah. I'm no longer in year 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's keep going. Let's talk about uh, Mercedes because George Russell and Lewis Hamilton, both on the podium. Jeez, we haven't seen a Mercedes double podium for quite some time. Um, and the reason is side pods. 
Wow. Imagine that. Imagine wow. having some side pods and suddenly the car does what you want it to do. Yep. Uh, it's not. I mean, obviously we're not aerodynamicists or no. engineers, but it's just comical, it's isn't it? hard to not yeah. put it, you know, like stop flogging a dead horse when it comes to that kind of stuff. The stubbornness of Mercedes is admirable but dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, we obviously the, the car had these upgrades last week. Yes. But Monaco is not a track to show that. Not at all. Not in the way that Imola would have been. Mm. Um, really interesting. Yeah. Now, absolutely nowhere near the pace of Max Verstappen. Not even bloody close. Nope. But in terms of this battle with Aston Martin... Yeah, very interesting. At least at this track, bit of an upper hand. Mm -hmm. And I think it even surprised the Mercedes drivers. They were kind of expecting, they talked about in the commentary, I think it was quite good, that they kind of expected to be in battles with certain people and Mm -hmm. certain positions. And they were like, the tire degradation is really good. I've actually got way more pace. Mm. Uh, We might need to change that viewpoint and we can actually compete now. We're not just looking for fifth and sixth. We're looking for podium. Like mm. let's let's change that strategy completely. Throw it out. So again, cooler track. So that's worth acknowledging that as soon as it gets hot, those those Mercedes tires they're going to be useless on their tires. I mean, yeah, the degradation will be high. So yeah. here though, perfect, mm. perfect opportunity for them to to make uh, those strides. Good to see Lewis back with that competitive mm. opportunity, like running in second. Like he was nowhere near and it was almost because they realized too late and their qualifying wasn't as good as maybe they'd hoped. But if Lewis had started in second, maybe, maybe we would have seen a very different version of Max having to race, Lewis having to race. Like you don't know. Like Max was in the clear within like two laps. So he never had a battle. Whereas if if Hamilton stuck with him for the first five laps or something, maybe there's a mistake. Maybe there's more degradation. There's there's all these kind of things that you miss about having that closer competitor because Sainz was never going to be that today. He gave a battle going to the first turn and then it was done. Now, interestingly, these two collided over the, the race weekend and yes. George just, I just don't understand what was going on there. Yeah. Tried Mercedes. to blame everyone else uh, under the sun, didn't he? Mercedes are very good at crashing into each other at this track. Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> so they're, very, they're very, very good at it. If you're yeah. good at something, be consistent, I suppose. <laughs> um, but it was such an odd thing and yeah. and Lewis is like, it was very dangerous. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't a lot of anger. Clearly no. a mistake. wasn't yeah. you know, on purpose. You no, wouldn't no, no. do that kind of stuff on purpose. But it's interesting, isn't it, just how balanced – Lewis is oh. now, he would be a lot more upset, I would have thought, probably even with Valtteri yeah. you know, when the championship was online. Exactly. I think that's the point. When, when the championship's meat on the table. On the, when there's meat on the table. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. But odd. And then, yeah, I think it, you, the onus is always on you, sorry, George. Like, it's your mirrors, it's your car. Yeah. When someone's in your slipstream, usually you're aware of it. I don't think that's on the team to let you know that your teammate who was – Trying to get a slipstream off you is behind you. Mm. <laughs> odd. Very odd. Especially going into his fast lap. Yeah. Like Lewis was about to start a fast lap. You were finishing. Very odd. You weirdo. Um, but upgrades, Mercedes. Mm. It seems to have worked. Now, whether or not it's track specific, temperature mm. specific, obviously not quite as warm as we've seen. Yep. Um, and the threat of rain that never came, which was very annoying because that would have been quite a bit of fun towards the very end. Threat uh, of rain that never came. Yeah. You can turn a phrase. Uh, thank you. Um, I will absolutely not start a rap battle career. <laughs> That's it. I've run out of ideas already. 
I haven't even started yet. Uh, but it's you know it's good and it's bad because I don't want Mercedes to come second in the constructors' championship. I want Aston Martin to, so Fernando can be better set up for next year. Mm. Uh, anyway, Mercedes are doing things, and it's interesting to hear Toto Wolff's uh, voice on the radio again. Yeah, because we have not heard. Yep. Uh, Mr. Wolf for quite some did you, time. Did you happen to catch Rosberg at the end of the race trying to give all the credit to Toto and Toto going, you're an idiot, <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> There's so many people making decisions. Why would it be my – Just he's a weirdo, Rosberg, isn't he? My favourite thing to do is not watch him on the broadcast. Oh, it's really hard to watch. Yeah. I can understand why you don't. Yeah. Anyway, Sky F1, <laughs> hey. Uh, well, let's finish up this episode talking like about press red Red Bull. Oh, to, uh, how many products have they got now? If you press red, you can do about 14 different things, but only if you're part of the 70 different types of glass or uh, cue or sky God. or ceiling yeah. or, you know, the glass. <laughs> press, press red if you've got a glass ceiling. <laughs> Tell you what, uh, just I cannot stand it. Um, Fox Sports, please can you start doing – Do it. Send the, send the four of us to yeah. races. We'll do it for you. Done. Whatever you're paying Sky F1 for the broadcast we'll rights. We'll do a dollar less. We'll do it for, we'll do it for 10% less. <laughs> We just need a fresh beanie, 24 fresh beanies, please. Yes. That's the only requirement. <laughs> um, but seriously, can we invest in local oh, talent, please? That goes for America and Canada as well. Come on. Yep. The, the sport is big enough now that we don't all have to oh, have Sky completely F1. agree. Uh, Red Bull. <laughs> Max Verstappen, in the distance. See you later. Driving yep. off into the summer. First, cool. Sergio Perez, fourth. Interesting. Mm. Terrible qualifying. Horrible. Um, is he... Is he so under pressure now, do you think, that he's going to really struggle to come back? Or if he does come back, do we get to say, well, actually, it was uh, that wasn't a bad return to form, Sergio? It's, you can see him getting into his own head and forcing things and making these mistakes, which is so odd because when it's a street circuit, he's brilliant, which is arguably higher risk. So when he gets to these tracks where Max shines, Max is so good on a dedicated racetrack. He's unbelievable because he's been doing it his whole life and he's very comfortable there. Mm. Checo doesn't. He he seems to struggle with it and I don't know why. He seems to force everything and try and push the car way too hard and that's why he has these incidents uh, rather than driving through like a comfortable position of pushing. I don't know. Mm. He always He's always on the edge and goes too far. But yeah. does that now get harder because he's done it two weeks now in a row, does the next one now go, better not stuff up, better not stuff up, and then that's in your head. And it'd be interesting to get Freya's thoughts on this actually mm. as someone who can psychoanalyze at least better than us <laughs> as to what that <laughs> yeah, we'll mindset. we'll give it a shot. Exactly. But to get that kind of analysis on like, okay, what mental state do you have to be in now? Because he would be feeling the pressure. You're in the best car. You should be getting minimum second every week. You should oh. be on the front row every qualifying. Easy. There's no excuses. So as soon as you're not doing that, people start asking questions. You've got people like Helmut Marco. You've got people like Daniel Ricciardo knocking on the door going, I'm ready. That's a lot of things to deal with. And I think that is starting to get to him maybe. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But he is in the fastest car on the grid. He uh, absolutely isn't as fast as Max Verstappen. Mm. But he need. and again, Martin said this on, on the broadcast, he needs to be in second. Every time yep. or in first if something happens to Max. Exactly. We've said it. Yep. Campy's said it heaps yep. of times. So it'd be very interesting to see in the next couple of races. Of course, we've got Canada coming up next mm -hmm. and then Austria and then Great Britain. So it'll be very interesting to see what he can do. Yep. 
That is our team by team analysis done and dusted. Let's, uh, well, look, we're going to move straight to fantasy because Discord had a conniption and didn't work last night. If you're on the Discord, you'll know that about the same, you would have seen people typing the same message about 17 times it came Excellent. up on notification. So that was good. Um, not sure what happened there. Obviously, we can't control that. So that's, that's one thing. But let's do our fantasy team name competition. Fantasy. 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 That sting. Also hilarious in every single way. Uh, well, out of 123 of you, um, we are trying to get to 500. So please, if you uh, know someone or if you're listening and you haven't yet joined the fantasy competition, do so because it is hilarious for me to be able to go through all of these names. And, of course, coffee and merchandise are up for grabs for prizes at the end of the year. Um, the good news, Tommy T, is Campy is still not first. He's third yes. overall. That's pretty good, though. Um, I'm 14th and you're 57th. Well done, me. Well done, you. Right in the middle. Middle. Which is uh, which is great. Perfectly average. Um, and a couple of you updated your team names before I read them this morning. Um, this is obviously Matt Walker, which is a crossover between Box of Neutrals and here. Matt's Box of LSD, LSD Team 774. <laughs> uh, and if you listen to Box of Neutrals, you'll understand the 774 reference. Uh, if you don't, well, I'm not going to tell you because uh, it's ABC Radio. That's what it is. <laughs> um, Bath. <laughs> Alone are uh, Piastri, Bravas, Stroll, Stock Dump. Yes, he did. Mm. Um, Gone Chante because DR dropped some merch. Yeah. Apparently it was very good and everyone wanted to buy some teacups. And Christian, Man. Christian Bell. Yeah, I saw. Kirsten He's Bell. Just- who is it? Is it Kirsten Bell? I think it's Kristen. Oh, who yeah. knows? I'm up with the, the kids. But that's the whole the whole friendship I think is is fantastic. And she did this brilliant performance yeah. for, for the ad. Yeah. And the page of the credits was like 30 seconds worth of credits. I know. Which is proper Daniel just branching out into many, many different things. Anyway, um, Helmut Marco's prophecies. Yes, that'll be interesting to see what mm. happens. A pain in the rain for Spain. Um, where I will start my next rap battle. Yeah. With that. But that's Excellent. it for this episode. A massive thank you to you for listening and for supporting the show by either subscribing and leaving a rating or review. Of course, there's about 10 billion Formula One podcasts out there. Yeah. We appreciate that you enjoy listening to this. Um, we will start get getting back to more content during race weeks. Uh, our apologies. Things have changed on uh, our side personally, so it's a lot harder to get in front of the mic, yeah. especially for me. Um, but uh, if you're going to the British Grand Prix, so am I. Uh, so if uh, jump into the Discord, we might try and arrange a catch-up somewhere, either in London or near the circuit. Uh, Good luck near the dri- circuit. Driving near the circuit will be <laughs> really bad, very bad time. Um, but we appreciate all of you. We especially appreciate our patrons on Patreon. If you want to support the show... Um, Advertising is is a part of that. We are now sponsorless as a result. Uh, the Quadlock's the last sponsor. We don't have any sponsors uh, at the moment. So if you want to support the show, help us do this kind of content, do more content, range catch-ups and the rest of it, please consider going on to our Patreon. The link is in the description below. TT, massive thank you to you, my friend. Thank you. Um, unfortunately, it was a little bit of a boring race, but we are going to Canada very, very soon. And we do like we the like Canadian Canada. Grand Prix. We will yes. preview the Canadian Grand Prix Uh, next week so make sure you stay tuned until then have a great week and we'll see you soon but at least Campy stayed home at least he had the foresight to think "Mm, maybe the boys don't want COVID if that's what I've got
and yeah. I will stay home. I know. He's he, a new man. Does he believe in it? Has he changed his mind? Sports Social Podcast Network.